Tell me about TV wall brackets and flat screen TVs for my RV. That's what we're going to talk about in staying on the road today. Now, in the RV life, enjoying the RV life segment, we're going to talk about RV party planning. Is it possible to do in an RV on the road? Of course it is. You can have a party anywhere. And then once again, we're going to go on a road trip. And this week, we're going to go to the Albuquerque Balloon Festival in New Mexico. And that's in the next stop. Then we're going to wrap up the show with RV Envy. And in that section, we're going to talk about RV levels and blocks. So physical levels and physical blocks. Ah, physical blocks. So this is Eric Stark with the Smart RVer Podcast, delivering the smarts you need to enjoy the freedom of the RV lifestyle without the fear of breaking down. Today is episode 143. And Alexis, you're here. I'm here. You're here. <laughs> recovering. Recovering. Still yeah. recovering. Yes. <laughs> In the midst. In a long two weeks, huh? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> All right. So we have a lot of good things to talk about today. You know, do you remember what well, you don't remember? A lot of people remember. If they don't, they can ask someone who does. But <laughs> back in the 70s, cars were, well, they were coming off the era of the 60s with the muscle cars. Mm-hmm. You know, they were, they were keeping it going in the early 70s a little bit. You know, some pretty cool, fast cars back then. But people were getting kind of tired of it because everything was about speed, you know, sport. There were right. no family cars to speak of. It just shifted gears, and that's what the car industry has always done. The EPA kicks in, and they start laying down all these rules, make it hard for car manufacturers to do this and do that, especially, you know, the performance cars. Oh, can't have that, you know. Of course. So that kicks in. The cars were a little bit bigger. So they start trying to change the car market, and they eventually did. You know, Detroit eventually came to their uh, senses, and listened to the consumers and started making cars that they thought were more practical for what people wanted. Now you get into the eighties, there was a lot of junk there. You know, you go back in time, cars, you know, a hundred thousand miles, you get rid of the car in the eighties. They were trying to change that Chrysler came out with the K cars, which were actually decent cars. They just weren't that aesthetically pleasing. In other words, they're ugly, (laughs) but they were changes and cars have evolved quite a bit today and car manufacturers still don't always listen. They try to, but they don't quite get it. What consumers really want, like electric vehicles. Consumers don't want electric vehicles. They're choking on these things. Now, some in some cases, they didn't have a choice. It would, the, the, the manufacturers were told to do make these cars by the government. So now they're choking on it. But nonetheless, sometimes they listen, sometimes they don't. Now, the RV industry... I don't know if they ever listen to people (laughs) because what we see today is low quality RVs being pushed off the assembly lines and dealerships that don't really care. People need to speak up, change your buying patterns, start looking at used RVs. And I'm going to talk about this more, um, in episode 143, but just keep that in mind. You know, the car manufacturers kind of listen. They do make adjustments. And sometimes they take it too far and they fail. But we see in the RV industry, they're they're trying to make more creature comforts, but a less quality RV. And it doesn't really work. We need to have quality RVs. So consider that. How you're going to buy your next RV. Is it going to be new? Is it going to be used? Someone you know is buying an RV. You're going to talk them into new? You're going to talk them into used? It's up to you. 
I don't want to be the guy that brings down the entire RV industry. Yeah, probably won't. <laughs> but anyway, just give you something to think about. All right, let's get into enjoying the RV life because now we're talking about parties. All right. Everybody likes a good party, especially when you get a pony to ride or something. <laughs> Every party, yeah. All right, but an RV party, you're probably not going to have a pony. So, Alexis, what, why do we need a guide to planning a party? A memorable party. A memorable party. While RVing. <laughs> well, I don't think many people think about it. Like when you go RVing, that's kind of the trip, you know. But how fun would it be to get everybody together with their RVs or maybe not with their RVs? Just invite a bunch of people to your RV and have a party. <laughs> yep. Be awesome. I mean, for one, it'd be less clean up, you know. Nobody's going to be you know inside it's probably outside and it won't be at your house hopefully don't do that (laughs) so maybe a big uh spot or a location um where you can kind of spread out scenic views maybe have picnic tables fire pits all everything's there for a perfect party so looking for somewhere like that would be nice yeah so that makes me think of the sand dunes like in arizona yeah lamis in california where all the RVers converge on there in the wintertime and they exactly. and they have these big wagon trains or circles yeah. and they have big bonfires and stuff. Yep, exactly. Now, that probably is a little too much. Be cool. <laughs> but it still gives you the idea. You know, you don't have to have 20 RVs. You don't have to have 10. You could do it with two, three, four, five. It's just getting together with yeah. more than yourself. Uh-huh, exactly. And having a good time. And and this is on our website, Enjoying the RV Life. Um, it's about on the road on the road, having a you know a party or online. I'm not sure what the title is. I'm looking at. The title yeah, here, I know it's, it's different. <laughs> so, anyways, it's on the website about yes. having memorable parties in your RV. Yes, yes. But there's many points here, and they're all valid, and gives you things to think about how to plan, yep. and maybe some things that you wouldn't think of that you would normally do. That also, oh, I don't want to do that. Yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> finding an RV park maybe where you can get all the RVs together. Yeah. You know, some of the more. Uh, Older RV parks or ones in the rural areas where they don't have all the concrete, more grass type areas sometimes are friendlier to that. Right, exactly. Or an RV park might have an area where they have a big um, picnic type area with barbecues and things like that where you could uh, go and cook and have a good time, kind of like a park setting. Yeah. But it's a good idea. And even in here, it brings out this point about inviting your neighbors to it as well. So if you're in the campground and you got some neighbors that, you know, aren't annoying you, you might want to invite them as well. But maybe you don't like your neighbors at the campground, so you want to have a raging party then. Right. Beware. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> but anyway, so it's just a, a, a reminder that, you know, out on the road, there's a lot of things you can do that sometimes we don't do. Right. Exactly. And, you know, generally, if you own an RV, you always have friends that have an RV and maybe planning a trip together yeah. once a year. Yep. You know, make it an annual thing, the big whatever, yeah, and have the kids there, have the party, you know, for kids, mm-hmm. adults, everybody. Yep. And yep. the kids will sure, certainly like it, and you will too. Be fun. <laughs> All right. So that's for planning a party. Now, um, as again, another reminder, just to keep the Smart RVer podcast at the top of your list, recommend us to your friends and family and anybody you know with an RV. Like I said, in the past episode, we want to build on our uh, growth for 2024 and we need you to help us with that we'll keep providing the quality content and you keep recommending us and liking us and all that good stuff 
Now let's get to staying on the road, and we're going to talk about TVs and wall brackets and flat screen TVs, all that fun stuff that comes with an RV and part of the entertainment world that we have to have with us all the time, whether it's a TV, a phone, a tablet, somehow we got to have entertainment. But a lot of RVs come with flat screen TVs in them. And so that's the one fixture in an RV that always seems to get my attention whenever I walk into an RV. It doesn't matter how big the flat screen TV is, where it's located in the RV, or even the quality of the TV. You know, there's so many brands we're going to get, you know, we talked about that last episode, brands. Heck, that plays right into TVs. There's a lot of low quality TVs out there. So that TV, it just gets my attention and it probably gets a lot of people's attention um, for many reasons. It's there. Generally, they're big. They kind of command your eyes to zoom in on them. They stand out regardless of where they're at, how they're mounted. They just are there. It's a fixture in the room. That gets my attention. But you know what gets my attention even more than a TV mounted to the wall? When you walk in an RV and that flat screen TV is lying on the floor and it's broken into pieces. Now that's going to get your attention and you look at it and you go, wow, somehow that fell off the wall. Wow. Bummer. And it probably happened while they were traveling because it's bouncing down the road. And that's when things fall apart in an RV. They typically don't fall apart when you're sitting there. It's when you're going down the road. It's funny. Isn't it ironic? The thing that it's made for is going down the road, but yet it's not built durable enough to withstand going down the road. Huh? Probably a word for that. Stupidity. No. Anyway. So why would this TV have fallen off the wall? Yeah, there could be several reasons why, you know, um, not sure what you might be thinking for reasons, but here's what I got that the bracket wasn't mounted correctly. That could be the issue. So let's explore that before we go on to the other problem that, that it could be. So in my mind, there's only a couple things that can really happen here. You might be looking at a different picture, but that's what I see. So the bracket has to be mounted to the wall correctly, and generally it needs to be mounted to the studs, you know, the upright studs that hold the wall together that support the RV, just like a house. And house has two by fours, RV has toothpicks or something a little bit bigger, but it's not a two by four. So it has to be mounted to the studs, or it has to be mounted in an area that's designated by the manufacturer of the RV that has been designed to support the weight of the TV and the bracket. You got the TV and the bracket. Sometimes we just look at the TV as the weight, but the bracket, sometimes they have a little weight to them as well. And when you're mounting something to an RV wall, weight does matter. So this has to be done correctly. You can't cheat here. You might try, but it just won't work. RV walls are not built like walls in a house. You know, they're two by twos, one and a half by one and a half. So, you know, it depends. Sometimes the studs might be aluminum, might be metal, but plan on it being wood for the most part. And in a house is different. You have two by fours. Um, the house isn't bouncing down the road. You can literally mount a TV bracket to the drywall with the proper anchors. It's not going to go anywhere because the house doesn't bounce. Now, if you live in Southern California and there's an earthquake, eh, maybe a different story. It's going to tear the drywall off. But, heck, that's an earthquake. You live in Southern California. Eh, whatever. It's the way it happens. It's built differently. And so when the manufacturer is building the RV, if they feel that that's where the TV is going to go, they're going to build it right into the wall. You know, and, and usually they get it right. They don't skimp there. It's one of the things they do get right most of the time. 
So now this might be pretty obvious to some, like, oh yeah, well, no duh, that's how you'd have to mount it either where they want you to, or it has to mount to the studs. But, you know, some people might not realize that that paneling is really thin, you know, less than a quarter of an inch, and it's just stapled to the wall. And, you know, if you mounted a TV bracket to it, it might hold it while you're sitting there. It might stay there forever, depending on how you mounted it to the paneling. But it's when you go down the road and it starts bouncing around where now it's going to pull that TV off with the bracket. So the paneling could literally just break or it could pull away from the wall, pull all the staples out. And so that can create a lot more damage than just a broken TV. Now you got paneling that can be destroyed that you can't match. And now you got a problem. Now you might think that you can put a TV on that wall and just take it off when you're traveling. That might be the case if the bracket for the TV is fairly light. You still want to think twice about that, though, because once that paneling starts coming apart, you've got a problem. Now, suppose you want to add a TV to that special place on the wall. You know, it's just where you want the TV, but it might not even be possible to do it. So keep in mind, you know, at the bare minimum, you'll need to have power there. So power is a different story in RV. Again, it's not like a house. You can't just make holes in the drywall, run power and patch it up. And, you know, you can never tell. RVs aren't like that. So you have to think about that. You know, is power going to be nearby wherever you want this TV? Even if the cord's exposed, that's okay. You know, some things we can look at, you know, because that's where we want the TV. And you'll also need um, an HDMI outlet or a cable outlet, something to receive the signal for the TV unless it's a smart TV and you have an internet access with wireless, so then the TV connect over the internet, which is great. That eliminates that. All you need is a power outlet. But those are things you have to consider. So you can't just slap a TV up anywhere and go, okay, now work TV. Now, if it's a smart TV, like I said, it might, if you have internet in your RV, but you might not always have internet, so you have to consider that. You know, with smart TVs, you can get Roku boxes, Amazon Fire Sticks. You know, there's a plethora of things you can just attach that work off the internet that give you everything you need. You can even attach a, a tablet to a TV or a phone and have your shows already downloaded on it if you wanted to go that route. And that can even be a dumb TV as long as it has a, an HDMI port on it. So those are options. And having a TV for a lot of people is very important because it's easier to watch. If you like watching TV with your family, it keeps the family together and it makes sense. But where you put it has to make sense and how the manufacturer does it. So now let's get to the other side of this. The other problem that can happen with TVs, even when the TV comes from the factory, it comes with the RV. It's mounted where it's supposed to be on the wall. So the manufacturer said, this is where the TV goes. And on that assembly line, the guy sets down his beer, takes a needle out of his arm, and he melts the TV wall bracket where it should be. Okay, so that's done. And so the TV's on there, and you go to the dealership. Oh, that's the RV I want. And you buy it, the TV's mounted there, and you take it home. You go on a couple trips, and finally that scenario happens. You walk into your RV, and the TV's laying on the floor in pieces. How did that happen? Everything was where it's supposed to be. The manufacturer could have messed this one up, could they? Well, they could have. They got the TV bracket in the right place on the wall. It's mounted. It's rock solid. In fact, it didn't even come off the wall. It's just the TV's laying on the floor, and part of the bracket's with it, or none of the bracket's with it. What the heck is going on here? You're trying to figure this out. It's So you look at the TV closer, and on the back of it, where the four holes are, where the screws are, the threads, 
See, that's called a visa pattern. And all TVs have them, all modern TVs that are for wall mounts. And there's different size visa patterns, but it's standard patterns. So if it's a small one, medium, large, they're standard sizes and all TV brackets come with everything to accommodate all the different sizes. That's why when you buy a bracket kit, it has like 400 screws in it, 13 pieces of metal with holes in it. So it fits any TV out there. But the problem is, it's not the visa pattern. It's not the screws. You know, the, the, the threads were put in there properly. But where the visa pattern is put, where it's designed to be mounted on the back of the TV, it's mounted on a piece of plastic that is either held onto the back of the TV with tiny little screws or it snaps into the back. And that does not work in an RV. You need to have a TV that the whole back is one piece so it can't break apart like that. And this isn't as uncommon as you might think because there's so many TVs and brands out there and manufacturers buy whatever will work. If they're looking for a 36-inch TV, they could care less about the quality. They're going to buy a 36-inch TV. They're going to buy a 1,000 of them, a 100 of them, whatever. And they're going to slap them puppies up and ship them. It's not their problem. And it's really not because you're just going to go buy another TV and put it up there. And you might go to one of the big stores, Walmart, one of them places, and not take it out of the box, not look at the back of it, and get home and have the exact same problem down the road. So if you're going to replace that TV or add one to your RV, make sure not only the bracket is installed in the right place, but also that the TV is, has the right backing on it to support itself going down the road. If your RV's never going to move, it's stationary, you know it's never going to move, then just buy anything you want and mount it to the wall. It doesn't really matter as far as the TV goes. You still want to get the bracket upright, but the TV won't matter. But if that RV's designed to go down the road, then you certainly want to make sure that that TV's the correct one. And a lot of new RVs don't come with a TV. They don't even come with a bracket on the wall, but it'll be marked on the wall, you know, TV goes here. And that's where the bracket would go. So you still have to, yeah, it rules out the manufacturer's element of making the mistake and puts it in your hands now. So don't be like the manufacturer. Be the smart RVer and mount the TV properly. So when you go into your RV after you've been driving down the road for four, five, six, 10, 20 hours, you get into the RV, it's not laying on the floor. That will ruin a trip if you're counting on having that TV. So a little bit of advice there, and this is one of these things that kind of slips under the radar sometimes, but pay close attention to it. Now, again, I want to ask everybody to share this episode with their friends and families. Anybody that owns an RV, we're trying to build up our growth out there, our listens, our watches, our whatevers. So we thank you for that and for sharing it with others and for listening. We really appreciate that. We put a lot of work into the show and hopefully it pays off for you. So now we're going to go to the next stop. And Alexis, where are you taking us to today? All right, Eric. We're going to New Mexico, Albuquerque specifically, to see the balloons. The balloons. <laughs> Just, you know, the little ones with helium. No. So is this like the spy balloon that went over the U.S. earlier in 2023? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Just like that one. <laughs> so is this where you go? You want to shoot them down or no? I mean, that would be actually really fun. <laughs> we should have that. No, we're talking the big balloons, the, okay. the, the hot air balloons. 
balloons. <laughs> these are spy, not spy balloons. Not spy balloons. These are friendly balloons. Yes, yeah, they might have Snoopy on them, so they're pretty cute. <laughs> yeah, so those are cool. Yeah, so very. So this is an annual thing um, that they do in New Mexico, and it is—it's just so cool. There's so many different balloons, so many colors. Um, they have it. I think it's about three days long. I kind of looked into this because I want to go. <laughs> It'd be really fun. Um, and they've got everything there to go along with the festival. They've got food vendors like that, um, things for the kids to do. So this is very family friendly and just beautiful. They they fly the balloons. It's all in the sky. They kind of do it towards the, you know, dusk. So it's this beautiful sunset. All the balloons are in the air. Um, you can ride them yourself or just check them out. And it's it's just a really good time, if that's something that sounds good to you. <laughs> yeah, so you mentioned, like, Snoopy and yeah. I've seen, like, Mayflower moving trucks. Oh, yeah. All sorts of Huge. stuff. So it's yeah. not just your typical hot right. air balloon. Yeah. These things are pretty creative. Yep. You know? uh, yep. All different shapes. Yeah. And, and you know what makes this so cool for our viewers that it's not just a a balloon festival a lot of rvers go there yep and the you. vendors set up for rvers yes you know Catered. so it's, it's kind of like going to courtside or one of these big shows that uh-huh. kind of yep. it's for rvers but they sell housewares and other interesting right. things there right kind of the same platform yeah it's neat so it's <laughs> definitely worth checking out oh yeah you can buy your tickets online <laughs> yeah we used to know a guy who used to go there every year to sell stuff and um yeah he loved going there so cool uh-huh. yeah i've never been myself but i'd like to go one of these times i would too i really would so it's not just the balloons the balloons are you know part of it yeah. but it's everything else so again it's that entire package exactly you get a lot with it you know it's family yeah. friendly and mm-hmm. like, this would be a great place to have a party it would be 20 it? 30 your friends to go and how fun would that be yeah, yeah memorable very <laughs> desert and tear it up tear it up <laughs> Okay, yeah, so there's a lot there. New Mexico in itself is a pretty cool place. Yes. So, you know, from Albuquerque or the Balloon Festival, you could do a lot of day trips from there. You could White turn sands. this into a trip. Mm, very much so. You know, um, go for a week or two. Yes, you should. And a lot of day trips or maybe go to another part of the state. New Mexico, like I said, it's really cool. A lot of It's very cool. There. Very, very cool. Yeah. So I would definitely go there. And, um, mm-hmm. and we've talked about it before. The problem Alexis and I face <laughs> is we're always reading this stuff. Yeah. But our list is only so big. Uh-huh. You know, her and her husband, they got their lives. I, mine and Karen and I have our lives, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. Yeah, there's not enough time in the world to go I do all know. this stuff. So it's like trying to pick sometimes. Oh, I yeah. want to go someplace different. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go here. No, let's go there. Let's go here. Yeah. Let's go there. Then we probably just end up going to the same old yeah. Joe's campground. Exactly. Because <laughs> we know it's good. <laughs> and we're guilty of it too. Right. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So put it on your list. And that's what it's yeah. doing is put it on your list. Gives you something to look forward to. Um, maybe you get there. Maybe you don't. Mm-hmm. Exactly. We'll just we'll see what happens. That's going to bring us to, oh, wait a minute. Don't forget to check out RV Destinations Magazine. I know they're going to have something on this. Oh, they've got it. This is definitely on their radar because those balloons with the sunsets or the sunrises, the colors, I know they're going to have in their magazines with beyond a shadow of doubt. So go to RVDestinationsMagazine.com, go to their website, and sign up. It's a subscription that's worth the money. And you can also get a uh, physical copy as well. All right, now that leads us into RV Envy. We're going to talk about RV levels and blocks. 
Now, I've talked about this before, and um, probably did a whole episode on it, but it's just a reminder. You know, when you have an RV, you're going to a campground, depending on where you go, the how you level your RV is going to be different. Motorhomes, a lot of them just have levelers on them, pretty simple. Some fifth wheels, bigger ones, more higher-end ones have levelers on them. Some people put levelers on their RVs, and I'm talking about automatic levelers. You know, most trailers and fifth wheels come with a a scissor-type jack to stabilize it, not necessarily level it. You can cheat a little bit with it, but not a lot because of the weight rating. But you generally have to carry blocks and levels, things to make your tires, you know, lift them up off the ground to level the RV. And there's a lot of them out there. But, you know, Camco, Volterra, they probably, and um, I can't believe I can't think of the other one. Um, They're orange ones. And they were the originator of it. I can't believe I can't think of it. So the company that makes the orange ones, they were the first ones on the block to make these things. Can I get it? Blocked, leveling blocks. Huh. Little pun there. But anyway, so you need these things regardless. You know, when you go to campgrounds list, every campground is perfectly level or almost. Is it Trilinks? Trilinks, that's it. <laughs> that's the one, the orange block. So Trilinks was the original one on the scene, the inventor, the creator, the king of the category, as they say. But, you know, consider having these things. Wood works fine, but it is heavier. Splinters, harder to clean. And wood anymore is so expensive, it's almost more than plastic. So the blocks just make a great alternative. And stay away from the cheap ones, the low-quality ones, because they're just going to break and they're going to leave you upset. Why did I waste my money on these? Buy the good ones. Don't learn the hard way. And all your RV stores typically carry the, the brand names that are good, but check it out. Leveling blocks, levelers, they're important to have. Keep that RV level, and they're not as hard as it looks. Unless you go to these really wild campgrounds that, like, one side of the RVs needs to be raised up a foot, then you need a whole bunch of wood, you know, because <laughs> leveling blocks will work, but probably too expensive to do that. But anyways, just look at your um go to your local rv store see what they have for leveling blocks levelers if you don't have them if you're not using them if you're not sure why you'd ever want them well that's why to help you level your rv if you go to the right campground you might just have to throw one underneath the tire two underneath the tire on one side or both tires and you get out your scissor jacks you know you you can stabilize it and level it a little bit you don't want to put all the late on the scissor jack but you can fudge that a little bit and remember to keep your bullseye level in the refrigerator. That's what you're leveling, the refrigerator. If, you're, if your refrigerator's level, the RV should be level if it was built correctly. So level the refrigerator, not the RV. Unless you've set up levels on the side of the RV that match the refrigerator, which a lot of people don't do that. Now, as a reminder, check out our YouTube channel. If you type in the Smart RVer on YouTube search bar, we will come up. Watch our videos. They're awesome on how to do things, um, what parts to buy. Really, it's geared. It's like the podcast except a visual version of it, just trying to explain things to you in a way that helps you make good purchasing decisions or some hacks. Like recently, we, uh, we did a valve or a little hack on the three-inch valve. We got another video that will probably be out by the time you hear this that about uh, – Another hack on three-inch valves to get away from using drain valve lubricant. So there's always video videos in the queue, and hopefully they're out when you you know we talk about them. Sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. Where you 
lot going on here. Pay attention to our YouTube channel, like the videos and subscribe. Definitely be worth it and share it with your friends. So next episode is going to be 144. And the title of staying on the road is, I think it's time to go into maintenance mode. New RV sales are plummeting along with quality. So we're going to dig into this and really talk about what's going on with new RV sales. So it's been a great show, and I want to thank Alexis for coming in today. Not feeling so well. <laughs> it's been fun. It's always fun. This is the Smart RVer podcast. This is where fun starts. <laughs> All right, so this is Eric Stark with the Smart RVer podcast. It's been great hanging out with you today. If I don't see you on the road, let's connect at thesmartrver.com.